direct from Music City. This is live from Nashville. Great song. 
We have a fantastic show today, Mary, and uh, we, we are do. so looking forward to our guest. Our first guest is going to be Miss Claudia Nygaard, and then joining us in the last half of the show is a good friend, Mr. Chris Harris. But why don't you tell us a little bit about Claudia? Well, you know, we're just Claudia is a good friend of ours as well, so it's so fun to have her. Well, Chris is as well. So we we We're just, just have got friends. a show of we have friends. We do. Yeah, we have, we have friends. friends here, and it's so fun to shine shine a spotlight on them. But um, Claudia, she's been described as a performer as fearless, vulnerable, and mesmerizing. And um, I love it as I was reading her bio because she's been described as having this twinkle in her eye, and she does when she's performing. You just it feels like she's letting you in on a secret. And Claudia started her career in Los Angeles, and then she moved to Nashville, where she landed a job as a staff writer at Greenwood Music Publishing. And Claudia has won a very prestigious award that I just think is so cool. She has won the Kerrville Kerrville Folk Festival Songwriting Competition. And then with her latest album, she won the Tumbleweed Music Festival Song Competition as well. So we're just really thrilled to have our friend Claudia join us today. Well, we're going to have fun visiting with Claudia, and we're going to be playing music from her award-winning album, Lucky Girl. But right now, let's take a listen to one of the songs from that album. It's called The Codependence National Anthem. And when we come back, <laughs> we're going to be talking with our very special guest, Ms. Claudia Nygaard.
It's like driving into a postcard. It is a little seacoast village. So gorgeous. I've played there twice now, and I have yet to have time to walk up and down those streets. So I'm just going to have to go there on a vacation. There you go. Yeah. And then I played played in Boston and then played played down on Cape Cod, did a show, uh, which was really fun. Uh, That was on uh, International Women's Day. And yeah. I had a bunch of other women that, that are women artists who live on the Cape. And uh, we we did a show for WOMR radio up there. Uh, it's a community station, community radio station, kind of the, the station for Cape Cod, really. And we had just a blast doing it. It was so fun to play with other women. We need to do something like that with Mary Kay. Yeah. Yeah, we really yeah. do, Claudia. Yeah. Get busy and plan it. Get busy and plan it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I got to ask you. I need to get busy. I'm plenty busy already. <laughs> I just need to plan. Yeah, slow you're down. already busy. I need to slow get down. Busy. Slow down and plan it. Slow down and plan it. Yeah. Did you get any Maine lobster? Or did you get any lobster while you were up there on the coast? I had the most incredible lobster scampi. I mean, it was when I bit into it, I went, wow, out loud. <laughs> <laughs> the, the waitress said, "You like it?" And I said, "Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah." I, mean, I don't normally say things like that out loud in a restaurant, but it was so good. So I did. <laughs> well, next time you go, ship us ship us a couple of lobsters back down uh, here. So. You know, I, I'd I'd like to say I would do that, but I have a feeling what you get would probably just be the shell. But it's <laughs> not. <laughs> Uh, gosh. Oh. Well, this uh, 
This Lucky Girl album is just absolutely yeah. terrific. And yeah, uh, so tell us about it. I mean, this is this is some serious stuff in the album. There's some fun stuff, but it's a serious album yeah. as well. And yeah, uh, in just so. a minute, we're going to play Lucky Girl, the title cut from the album. But, uh, oh, yeah, cool. tell us yeah. a little bit about how this came together. Um, the Well, the song that they just heard is, um, <laughs> you know who Steve Goodman was, for, for the mm-hmm. benefit of any listeners who don't. He wrote The City of New Orleans. Yeah. And he had a song called The Perfect Country Song, which he sent to David Allen Coe, which, um, you know, he said, this is the perfect country song. And David Allen wrote back to, no, there's nothing about trucks, nothing about mom, and nothing about prison, nothing about trains. So Steve Goodman wrote this whole of course, you should play this sometime for the for the audience. This is a great song, but anyway, um, he wrote back this extra verse, you know, and, and it, with all this stuff in it, which is kind of funny. It's a <laughs> real funny verse, and it's like I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison, you know, it goes on like that. <laughs> so anyway, um, I spent about twenty years in adult children of alcoholics meetings, and I thought, you know, what this song used to be called, "My Drinking Problem," and then one day I thought. No, this is the Codependence National Anthem. <laughs> there you go. So oh, wow. nod from Steve Goodman, that's where I came up. It doesn't appear anywhere in the song, but but it just, I thought, no, this is kind of, it's like the perfect country song, only this is the Codependence National Anthem. Because it, it, you know, it took me 20 years to write it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> to count all the years I spent in those meetings. But, oh, uh, but yeah, and then uh, Lucky Girl, the title cut is uh, Three True Stories from My Family Tree. I had gone up to play the centennial of my grandparents' hometown of Grenora, North Dakota, which is about eight miles from Montana and 20 miles from uh, Canada, way up there. And uh, that was my mama's hometown and my grandparents. And so they had their centennial a few years back, and they invited me up and to play. And I was... Uh, I had this whole box of letters from Norway that were all wow. yellowed with age, um, but had been typed up, the translation had been typed up by my mother and stapled to them. So I was able to read them. And uh, after I read them, I was just kind of like stunned. I had never gotten around to reading them. And then finally, because I was going up there, I thought, well, I should read these before I go, you know, so I know what I'm looking at when I go to the graveyard. I went to 10 graves in 10 days, you know. Oh, wow. And uh, so, um, so it was really stunning to hear these stories, to read these stories about, you know, uh, it was John Adams who said, I am a soldier that my son may be a poet. And that's exactly oh. how I felt, you know, that wow. these these ancestors of mine, they struggled. So when people hear this song, they'll, they'll understand, you know, that my great, great, great grandparents almost drowned. And then my great grandparents lost four children in two weeks time to diphtheria and it was mm. North Dakota in January and they couldn't bury them because the ground was so frozen oh, no. and put them in the granary for the winter. I was just, you know, oh, that's wow. just like horrific. You know, it is horrific. one child, even if the child was full grown is horrific, but to lose four right. children in two weeks time, you know, I mean, just, Wow. Wow, wow. It's brutal. So I started thinking about that, and I thought, yeah, and I complain because I might have to wear a mask or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> really? Funny. Oh, gosh. Really? Yeah. Wow, wow. Well, let's take so a listen then, to Lucky Girl and uh, sure. come back and talk more with Claudia in just a moment on 
Live from Nashville. My great 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 granddaddy on my mama's father's side went rowing down the Norway coast with four friends and his bride. When a big storm came around and all his four friends drowned, and there wouldn't be a me, but when he rose up from the sea to gasp for air, why he had great 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 grandmama by the hair. imagine you as a songwriter writing this and <laughs> it reminds me the 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 treatment that you gave that song reminded me of the song bad moon rising if you've ever listened oh. to the words of bad moon rising it's about the end of the world and it sets this happy beat and um i love the way you treated <laughs> that song with so much yeah. joy and well, all those because all I am those, a lucky girl. I mean, you know, you are definitely. I could you could feel that fortunate. in the song, but you also, yeah, you could have made it a ballad too. You know, all the hard yeah, things that they've yeah. been through, but it was a celebration. I love that. Yeah, you know, I I didn't even think about it when I was writing that that, but um, mostly it was just 
I, I tend to make fun of myself a lot in my songs. And this was, of course, one of them, you know, I complain about the weather, I complain yeah. about warm beer, you know, <laughs> I'm such a shallow jerk, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, and, and, you know, at least Aren't we all? really had yeah. something to complain about. But, you know, they say if you live in America and you have electricity and a roof over your head, you live better than about 90% of the people in the world. That's right. You know? Yeah. That's I mean, right. Just, we, and we just really Such take it for song. granted. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Great you. Song. Yeah, I was was glad to get to write it. I wrote it while I was driving, so it's funny. I started. That's why I chuckled when you said, "I'm imagining you writing this." I thought, "Well, is she imagining me with a steering wheel in my hands?" <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, you can feel you actually feel the movement in that song. It does feel like a driving song. Yeah, I if write a lot. I don't know if you do or not, but I write a lot when I'm driving. I think it's something yeah. about. The fact that I don't have my phone, I'm not on my phone, you know, and I'm not, I'm not on my computer and my mind is free to just, you know, free associate. And then the other thing too, is I think that there's a natural rhythm of the engine and the tires, you know, as you're going down the highway that, you know, that you have the combination of the chance to really think without interruption, you know, and I don't know what your process is like. For me, it's like something sticks in my craw, kind of. You know, it's like a, like yeah. making an oyster, making a pearl in an oyster. It's like you got to have some sand in there first, you know. Oh, yeah, And yeah. then uh, that's, that's kind of how it is for me. I mean, something really, um, you know, sticks in my mind. Sometimes it'll be there for a really long time, and then it just kind of pops out as a finished song. But it's been something that I've been thinking about for years or something. Been you know? mowing, yeah. I'm kind of wondering, Claudia, as you say that you're you're driving down the road and your these songs are being formed. <clears throat> do you record it on on your telephone, or do you just yeah. when you get pulled over so. or what? Yeah, <laughs> I get pulled over a lot, so I probably a lot. Should, but, uh, <laughs> 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 just kidding. <laughs> now I um I usually use my voice memo. I have an iPhone okay. and I have a voice memo yeah. thing. And so usually I'll sing into that now. There was a time when I was younger where I carried a clipboard on the passenger seat. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say how many songs were written that way with the clipboard mm-hmm. against the steering wheel. And, oh, me. You know, <clears throat> not not on busy roads, you know. But, I mean, if I'm, you know, going across Nevada and I'm the only my, I'm the only car I can see for miles, you know, I think, well, if I run off the road, I run off the road, you know. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, oh, I, I you know, try to. I, it's hard to make out, you know, because I try not to look at the clipboard. I just sort of, sort of write what I used to write, you know, yeah, looking at the mess. clipboard. And then, yeah, yeah and you get get to where you're going and you look at it and go, what the hell is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness for iPhones. Thank goodness for iPhones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah well, saved, saved my life, we, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably so. Yes. Well, and, you know, I can't figure out how we ever got anywhere without the GPS. You know, it's uh, I remember oh, yeah. those days. Yeah. I remember those days. Well, we don't have a lot of time because I know you have another appointment that you're going to get to, but I want to get to another song real quickly called I Wonder. Sure. Tell us about ah, this yes. song. Well, you know, <laughs> it's hard to tell about it before people have heard it because um, I don't want to do You can tell away. about it after. You want me to go ahead and play it? Okay, let's do that. Go ahead and play it, yeah. Yeah, we'll play it, and then we'll talk about the song when we come back. Our very special guest today is Claudia Nygaard. You're listening to Live from Nashville. 
they were that wretched day I didn't know then what to do That day I said goodbye to you And turned and walked away I wonder if you think of me And wonder if I think of you I think about you all the time I still wish that you were mine And I wish you knew That if I from the album Lucky Girl and it's performed by the amazing Miss Claudia Nygaard who is our very special guest today on Live from Nashville. 
Claudia, that's awesome song. That is very, very strong. Tell us about that song. Yeah. Well, you know, for starters, I wasn't going to put it on the album that my producer made me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, it's I powerful. Thought, it's a powerful song. It really is. Um, you know, and another interesting aside is I played it for my sister, and she said, did you have a child? <laughs> and I said, I said, no, I'm just a damn good songwriter. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love if you can convince your sister that you had a child. You know, yeah, yeah. You did a really yeah. good job on that. Song. You did a good job. But you did a good job. Where it came from, because I actually didn't didn't have a child, but um, I never have. But I have many times wished I had and wondered what it, you know, what it would be like. I never uh, had. I'm actually kind of old fashioned. I kind of think you you need a husband to have a child um, to do to do right by the child. You know, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, things happen and people have to separate, but. At least from the get-go, it would be good to have a, you know, at the beginning, at least. Um, so anyway, I I never had a child because I never had a, a husband that I felt was you know, would be a good father. So, um, but I always wished I did. And when I um, when I wrote this song, I was thinking a lot about uh, the decisions a woman has to make when she is pregnant with an unwanted pregnancy, you know, and it just, there's no good options. That's the thing. I mean, there's, there's none. There are no good options for an unwanted yeah. pregnancy. You're, yeah. you know, you, you're either, you're either going to have an abortion or you're going to give it up for adoption and wonder for the rest of your life what happened to it, or you're going to um, end up marrying somebody, you know, in a relationship where there isn't enough love or you wouldn't, it wouldn't be unwanted you know, or you're going to try to raise it by yourself as a woman, and and the, you know, for this particular scenario, um, she's only 17. You know, so she's going to have to drop out of school and you know be poor for her whole life. And you know, it's just there's just not any easy solution. And that that was what I was trying to say. I I feel like some people say, oh, we'll just put it up for adoption, like it's no big deal. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. It yeah. is a big deal. So yeah. I was really trying to say that and, and just try to show the other side. It was interesting to me. I, I posted this song on Facebook, and a woman got on my case. She, she really um, jumped on me and said, and you call yourself a Christian. And I thought it was really interesting because there's nothing in there that's pro-abortion in that song. That's true. That's true. And it's that just is saying true. this is this is just the experience of giving your child up for adoption if you don't want to really, but you have no choices. Yeah. And yeah. and and it was interesting to me because that is exactly why I wrote the song is because that denial of looking at it from all sides, you know, from mm-hmm. from 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 the all the different things that a woman is thinking when she has an unwanted pregnancy. If, if you know what what can I do? What should I do? You know, what will I, well, what will I regret? Yeah. You know, it's, it's fun to write fun songs and, and then there are times where you just have to write something that's really serious and, and real. And, uh, yeah. and that song is very, very real. For so many people. Well, Claudia, I, I know you've so. got to run. You've got, 
you've got an appointment that you've got to get to, and you have been so much fun to have on the show. Always oh, great to visit with you, my friend. But for the folks that yeah. are listening around the world, tell us how they can find your music and make a purchase and uh, follow oh, your yes. schedule, you know, because you're all over the, the place. Yes. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm on internet of course you know my the best way to get in touch to seem to connect with me is from my website which is www.claudianygard.com which is spelled c-l-a-u-d-i-a n like nashville y-g-a-a-r-d you have to put both a's in there or it won't get there <laughs> there you go and, uh, there you go you can also just uh find you can also find me on on youtube but um if you go to my website, there's a link to everything, you know, Spotify, yeah. YouTube, and then you can buy my CDs. You can sign up for the mailing list and you can see my tour schedule. The whole thing, of course, is on the website. That's the best way. Well, and there's a you whole are, ton of videos, too, you know. That, and you and do a, good a great one. job with uh, <laughs> you do a great job with your videos. You do a great job yeah, when you definitely. do Facebook Live events. You're very, very talented yeah, oh, and there's one. There's one this Sunday, by the way. I'm doing a live streaming show oh, yeah? on Sunday. So yeah, so if people wanted to uh, to go to my website or go to YouTube and follow me on or subscribe on YouTube, then you'll, they'll get a notification when I do the live stream. So, All right, uh, very cool. So that's yeah. So that's right. Hope, uh, All right. Hope people will check it out. Well, I promised you that we would get you out of here on time to make your next appointment. But the last song that we're going to do is one called Like a Moth. Can you tell us anything about this before you go? Oh, that one hurt. <laughs> um, I have a propensity to fall in love with people, with men that, that, um, that ends tragically. <laughs> oh, and, uh, and I got my heart I hate to laugh, but you said it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I got my heart broke. And uh, right. and it was uh, was really tough because I was really really enamored. This was years ago that I wrote. I didn't write the song years ago, but I I I had an experience years ago, and uh, something happened that made me think about him one day, and that song just kind of tumbled out. That you know, it was, I just couldn't. Sometimes. I was th- had a therapist when I was going to Al-Anon also, and she told me one time, she said, you know, Claudia, just because you're attracted to someone doesn't mean you need to do anything about it. This was a novel oh. concept for me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, it, you know, but it's the truth, you know. I mean, you, just, you, you, need, to, you need to be careful because, you know, you, you just go off the deep end and then you get yourself all ripped to shreds. <laughs> oh, gosh. When you really should have been paying attention. Yeah, so. Well, anyway, it's another great song. Went. Another great song. <laughs> Very talented songwriter. And uh, and not only does she write uh, in the Americana genre, but she also is a great Western writer. And she's been on our shows many, many times before with her Western music. But it's a talented lady. Yeah. Visit her website. Visit her on YouTube and uh, check her out on Facebook as well. Claudia, thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you. It was fun. I hope I see you guys soon. I hope so, too. This is Like a Moth. It's Claudia Nygaard. We'll be right back. 
to Live from Nashville. I'm your host, Gary Holt, along with my co-host, my beautiful wife, Miss Mary Kay Holt. And our next guest is a man of many, many, many talents. He is a producer, a songwriter, a vocalist. He's worked with artists like Amy Grant, Brenda Lee, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Reba, Willie Nelson, Gail Davis, Kenny Rogers, I could go on and on and on, but we would never get the interview done. He's done commercials for Southwest Airlines, Pepsi, Coke, McDonald's. I even saw something about uh, what was his name in the chipmunks that you worked with, Chris? You mean uh, Alvin? Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> He's been a radio disc jockey. He's worked in TV production. He is a super talented guy and a very good friend. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Christopher D. White Harris. Hey, Chris. <laughs> he is a D-Wit, dude. Well, it is great to be with you. Great to be with you. Yeah, it's fun going through your uh, through your bio. You have done so yeah. much in a career that has spanned over four decades, and you know that's pretty good for somebody that looks like they're thirty nine. Well, that's true. Uh, you do look the, very young. The bones, you know, the bones be working. You know, uh, <laughs> I got the jelly. I still got the jelly bones of a thirty five year old. So yeah, you got good genes, my friend. I'm, good I'm so thanks for having me on today and I just always want to say I'm grateful. So very, very, very grateful for um getting to work on all the fun stuff that I've gotten to work on and very very, very thankful. So Well, you have worked with so many people and uh you know, your career goes back to what, your high school or your college days? Well, for me, it started like when I was a little, you know, I'm a young kid in 1968, and I just knew I had that, you know, one of those spirit moments where you just go, man, I know what I'm going to do. I just felt that God just is you know, really, you know, that tug of the spirit hitting you in the gut going, do I go left or do I go right? And, um, yeah. you know, just as far as, as far as just um, really feeling like I just, just had a, real clear vision of being able to uh, see that I was going to be in music or TV or radio. I didn't know how I was going to get there because I didn't really know anybody. And I'm a, just a kid living in El Paso, Texas in the sixties. And, um, but then I get to Dallas. Uh, we moved there in the summer of 69 and I ended up going to this career development school in uh, Mesquite. I'd go to my regular high school in Oak Cliff, Carter high school, go Cowboys, Carter Cowboys, number one. Then I'd go to uh, over to over to feet and go to Skyline, and RCA had built this like a magnet school, one of the first magnet schools in America. Oh, really? It was, 
Yeah, it was television, and it was three guys that had never taught. They were working in the industry. The guy that taught us lighting and set design came down. He had just retired from the Ed Sullivan show. So there there I was my junior year in high school, you know, doing half a day at my regular school and then going over to Skyline and having a three-hour TV class. Oh, wow. amazing guy. Yeah. That's so amazing. Like, yeah, I was in 11th grade. Can you imagine 30 students got picked in Dallas? Um uh, to go to the school, um, and you're there, and they just go. Here's the here's the textbook that they told us to teach you with, and they just threw it in the trash the first day. Oh my goodness! And go, and they go, let's go to work. And it was like, <laughs> it was wow, just, just a dream come true. So then I ended up the first job that I had. And then I'll shut up, and that is uh, uh um, one of the first jobs I had was uh shooting uh going over to EDS in Dallas Ross Perot's company and yeah. shooting training films and doing training films for the employees. Of course, we were the long-haired hippies coming in and telling, you know, the employees <laughs> to get crew cuts. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I did that and then I got a job and then I got on at Channel 8 uh WFAA Dallas Fort Worth. Got on okay. at uh Oregon Production and that's where my whole journey started, so Wow, wow. Well, as you have progressed, I mean, you've you've performed, you've sung with everybody, you've produced everybody, and and the list of those people just goes on and on and on. But um, one of the people that you have worked with is the young lady that's going to be part of this first song, and that's Kristen Chenoweth. And the song is Witchy Woman. Yeah, how did this come about? How did this come about? Well, this guy that I've produced a lot of records for, he was uh, overseeing this um, label, um, Integrity, that was uh, uh, affiliated with Sony, right? Yeah. So And so uh, he goes, hey, dude, you're going to produce this lady who's coming off this musical called Wicked. And uh-huh. that, was, that was 19 years ago, 20 years ago. And I said, who, what, when? I don't know much about Broadway. What, what? <laughs> but I, I ended up going up to New York and producing uh, her a, a record on her. And she was signed to Sony Classical, right? So she had just finished um, Wicked. And then uh, it was like I ended up producing this project on her of songs that she grew up in Oklahoma in the church singing, right? And so yeah. and, wow. and, her, and some favorite songs, you know, and. So then, then uh, the movie came up uh, that she was in, which was um, Bewitched with Nicole Kidman and Will Ferrell. And they go, hey, would you produce, after I did that record, hey, would you produce uh, the Eagles song, Witchy Woman? <laughs> it's going to be in the movie. And she's going to be in the movie too. So, yeah, so that's the that's where that song came from. And she, I mean, what, this, this lady. What a boy. I know, but she's nuts. She's crazy. She's so talented, and she was really, really. You know what she did? Um, she really was raised, um, really, pretty much um, to be singing opera. Believe it yeah. or not. Yeah. Um, wow. And then, yeah, and then she ended up trying out on Broadway and got in. I forget what the first musical she got into, and then she, it was just on a whim. She goes over, tries it out. She didn't have an agent. They said, "Go get an agent. We'll give you the job." So she won a Tony Award for uh, maybe it was Animal Crackers. Um, 
so she, uh, she uh, what a blast. She, the first thing she said to me, Mary Kay and Gary, was, yeah. she goes, well, you know I was adopted. I went, what? I, I don't. I don't know. I didn't know that you were adopted. So we went went to dinner for three hours, and she told me all about her life and how this. She goes, this family that had no idea what they were doing, adopting this crazy girl, uh, <laughs> you know, in in in, uh, in in Oklahoma. And uh, so anyway, she went to OU, and then she ends up on Broadway. And now you know, wow. we went to see her. At, we went to see her at the Disney. Uh, uh, my wife and I, Jan, we went out to see her at the Disney. Uh, um, Symphony Center, you know, out in L.A., and literally, you know, it was sold out. She had been on West Wing uh, for a couple of seasons, right? And uh, she, uh, we're standing there with her mom and dad, and Carol Burnett comes up right in front of us and gets down on her knees and just does the bow thing in front of everybody. It's, this is at the this is at the after party. Uh, that, <laughs> wow. that kind of that kind of sealed the deal. So it was like. Wow, uh, for her, oh, it's yes. a big deal. So well, anyway, it's, it's, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool because uh, Kristen is a friend of a friend of mine and actually went to school with her. And uh, so when she came and sang at the Skimmerhorn, I think my friend performed with her as well on that oh. deal. But uh, Oh, yeah, I heard she was moving to Nashville. Is she moving to Nashville, or is she I, moved yet? I think has. I think they bought a place here. Yeah, he got married okay. a couple of years ago, and, and I don't know him, but um, they got married, and they, I think they got a they got a place here somewhere in Williamson County, I think, or in Brentwood. But um, we haven't we haven't really we haven't got we haven't really talked to her in a couple of years. But you know what? I think I was at that concert in, in at the Skirmhorn, uh like yeah, about six just, years ago, or yeah, so, something like that. that. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. well, this is a great song. Super talented lady, a super talented producer. Our very special guest today is Mr. Chris Harris. We'll be right back. You're listening to Live from Nashville.
How fun was that? <laughs> Chris, Wake that must up. have been so fun to produce that. Well, no pressure on a, a huge Eagles song, huh? It's like, yeah, I'm going, no man, we have, to, we have to blow this thing up, man. So it was so much fun. And I just love me and Gary Pig and a girl named Lisa Cochran. We did the background vocals, and that was so much stinking fun to do those vocals. And we cut that track at Porter Wagner and Dolly Parton's old old hang there on 19th Avenue in one of their one of their studios. It's no longer there, of course, but but that was a whole lot of fun to do. And she, and and to be with Chenoweth, I mean, it's just it's it's nonstop. You're it, you're living in a cartoon. <laughs> she's, she's a little a animated human. thing i'm telling you a tiny human with an amazing big big voice yep she's four foot all of four foot eleven so um she she's a powerhouse and just you know it's just you it's, it's been so great to see her she went to you know she went out to la and basically got after after she did wicked they did um she got you know with an agency and my gosh, they've gotten her on TV and movies and and all that. And she's, man, she, uh, it's uh, you know, it's it's quite a quite a feat to be able to go to New York and and conquer and be the toast of the town. And those guys at Sony that I was dealing with, the A and R guy and the uh, yeah Peter Gelb, the guy that uh, was running Sony Classical, what they do now. What? No. <laughs> they run the Metropolitan Opera. Oh, it's like oh, wow. these guys. Yeah. Oh, so wow. If we, if we, whenever we want, we want to go to the Met, we're always welcome to uh, get a seat there, which makes it really fun. So anyway, I would think oh, so. That is such a cool. I That's would so think cool. so. Yeah. I would think so. Mm-mm-mm. So how did you hook up with Michael Martin Murphy? Well, I'll try to do the short, short, short version. And uh, I met him when I was 16 years old. We used to go watch him and hear him sing at the Rubiot, which is a little club, one of the little, you know, folk clubs in Dallas in 1971. Um, That's incredible. Wow. All the years, and you rewind all the years down later, Mike, then uh, Mike Blanton was managing him, who I went to college with at Abilene Christian um, and uh, a few years ago. And, um, I go, oh, hey, this, um, this, hey, this exhibit is going to open up at the Country Music Hall of Fame called Outlaws and Armadillos, all about the Texas music explosion and yeah. Austin music. It's all, you know, Willie and Waylon and the whole thing. Well, I knew a lot of the story. I was going like, man, with the Horsefly uh, rec- uh, music uh, little label that we have that I've got with a good friend out in California, Steve Thomas. You know what? I said, hey, Steve, he was a major Murphy fan. I go, hey, this uh, my friend manages Murphy. I said, we can line all this up. And then Murphy goes, he he said that he wanted to do this thing called Austinology, all about the songs and the music, uh, all the songs and the music of all the, really where the whole singer-songwriter thing, you know, blew up in Texas in the early 70s with Jerry J. Right. Walker and Asleep at the Wheel and 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 uh, all these uh, unbelievable songwriters, Guy Clark, and and so you know, uh, gosh, can you see me at up on the ninth floor in Fort Worth, Texas, four years ago? Just like I'm having to dig my toes into my boots and <clears throat> and sit there and bite my lower lip and not lose it because I'm I'm sitting there 
all these years later, and Murphy was 74 that year, and he's we got a we uh, we literally went into a, a hotel, um, you know, like one of those little conference rooms off of a off of a bedroom up there that they have meetings at. We went up there with a mic, uh, two mics, three head three headphones, engineer, me, Murphy, one guitar, and sat and he recorded. We recorded 16 songs. Oh gosh! And I'm just yeah, and I'm hearing all these songs that I heard when I was 16, 17, and 18, and and um, so then we came back to Nashville and just started working on it with him. And then we had, had all these people, and including Willie. We called up Willie Nelson's uh, management, and it took five minutes. It was, oh, man, uh, Willie would do anything for Michael because Michael really was such an influence on M- Willie coming down to Texas. Right, and so, right. Oh my gosh! So then we do wildfire. Well, I'll I'll, I'll cut to the chase, and here we got ask Amy Grant, which Mike Blanton managed Amy Grant for all those years, all those years, and so um, here we go. We say, Amy, would you sing a wildfire duet with Michael Mur- with Michael Murphy? And um, she called me, and she goes, Are you sure? that y'all i'm really going to get to sing on this song i went well yeah that's all we asked you she goes no you don't understand uh fire was the wallpaper of my high school years and <laughs> oh I my go, goodness. so when we're in the studio i said amy i was uh uh 16 when i met murphy i said i told her i said you were 16 when I sang on your very first record here in Nashville in 1977. So it was really a, a, just a sweet little circle Full of circle. just coming all yeah. the way back around to, to doing Wildfire with a, asking Amy to sing with Michael Martin Murphy. <laughs> well, let's take a listen. Let's like take a listen to Wildfire. It's Michael Martin Murphy and Amy Grant, and we're talking with Chris Harris today on Live from Nashville.
Classic Wildfire with a twist. This time it's Michael Martin Murphy and Amy Grant. The album was Austinology. And Chris, I remember when uh, the entire album was presented at the Franklin Theater a few years ago. And uh, and yeah. Amy was there. Yeah, you and Jan were there. And, and I think you performed. And uh, yeah. Gareth Lafley, you. Lafley. You know, you remember Gareth, the flutist? Oh, yeah, was yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Yeah, good Absolutely. friend of ours. Gareth actually performed at our wedding when Mary Kay and I got married oh. a couple of years ago. 
He did. Oh, Are you serious? Oh, man. Well, we had him come over to play on um, Geronimo's Cadillac. Yeah, at the yeah at at the old at old, at the old Columbia Studios, which is still on Music Road there that Curb uh, Belmont Curb owns. But it was great having him there. Well, he's a, he's a fine young man. I'm going to out a real quick story because um, when I started entered this radio program, it was all about horses. And about six months in, I decided I want to have a guest on the show and do music. And so my first guest was oh. Michael Mark Murphy because of Wildfire. Okay. And, uh, wow. and and then he invited me down to an event he was doing at Two Old Hippies in the Gulch, which is no longer there. Yeah. And uh, and so I met his daughter Fiona and Ryan, or his granddaughter Fiona mm-hmm. and Ryan. And uh, so yeah. I started putting on an event called Rendezvous and. Uh, trail riding and music concerts and uh gareth was performing along with michael martin murphy at my event and that's how they met and yeah uh, yeah so you know it's kind of a kind of a cool deal i remember, and when, the, I remember when that happened yeah and then the uh, then the neat thing is is because i was doing the musical shows along with the horses that's how I met my beautiful wife because she was a guest on my show. And, uh, yeah. And then (laughs) seven years, six, seven years later, we said, I do. And here we are. Which was what, what was the date when you guys got married? October the 7th. What year, Mary Kay? (laughs) 2020. That's right. That's right. We, 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 we dated and got married during the pandemic, and so that was kind of we a did. cool deal. <laughs> oh yeah. my god! Yeah. But it's it's no, just funny know. how all of this all of this stuff kind of goes together, you know. It, it is. It, I love it. So you know, Chris, it's so fun. We've gotten to hear your music this week, and um, of course, we're friends with you and Jan, and just think the world of both of you. And uh, I had no idea that you had produced for so many different people. Like Gary said, if we had mentioned everything that you've done, we wouldn't have had time to visit with you. We'd still be talking. But, yeah. <laughs> but talking about love and marriage, um, my favorite moments, uh, musical moments with you is when you are singing with Jan. And there is this connection and harmony between the two of you that is absolutely beautiful. And Thank you. Um, how long have y'all been married now? You guys have been together a long time. Well, we've been married this year will be 44 years. And I, what I loved about and we saw you guys when we all went to see R.W. Uh, Hampton a few weeks ago at the Bluebird. Yeah. Yes. What, and that was a great, great night to be there. But, I mean, it's like walking into the Bluebird, and it looks exactly like it did. I think it was 1980 was the first year, I think. Um I played there the first year with a guy named Dave Perkins um, um, back in when it first opened up. Well, Jan and I lived right behind the Bluebird. We lived – that's where we first uh, lived when we got married here in 79. And Jan and I just walked in there. We just sat in the little corner there and just went, oh, my gosh, just everything floods back into time. We go like this – nothing's changed where you go – and that, that the bluebird is actually still intact, you know, it's it's being torn down next to it. But 
but 44 yeah, years there. ago we started. Yeah. yeah, still there, but 44 years ago. And, you know, we went to school both at Abilene. We were both at Abilene Christian. We were raised a cappella, Church of Christ, uh, you know, hymnal books with the shape notes. You know, I, she and I would would we always say if you, we would never have thought that we would have ended up uh, married and being here forty four forty four years later. We're grateful to the Lord, but I tell you, um, um, this this lady, I wrote her a song called "I Didn't Have to Die to See an Angel." I go, oh wow! Uh, all 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 these guys are all waiting for me to kick the bucket so they can ask my wife out. So I'm like, I'm the <laughs> luckiest man on the planet. So so then we then we then we're like singing all these old, you know, we just grew up singing the hymns, Mary Kay, you know, um, and, and singing in church. But she's in upstate New York, and I'm in El Paso, yeah. Texas. Now, what are the odds? Which is why we called the Last project we did, uh, I wrote a song called uh, "The El Paso Kid and the New York Lady," and um, so Taylor and Brandon, our sons, are now 38 and 41, and we always, when, we, when we're all together, we go, we just can't believe that we get to hang out with this lady. So we're so grateful. But oh wow, 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 that. wow! Well, you set us up, Chris. Because you we're going to get that. to the El, El Paso kid and the New York lady, and uh, we'll okay. be right back. You're listening to Live from Nashville, heard around the world at EquestrianLegacy.net, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iTunes.
uh, uh, and Russ Berger, one of the biggest guys on the planet who builds studios, did it. And, you know, what we have is a – what the fun part uh, – Chris installed the uh, – had the uh, – which is basically um, a Dolby Atmos mix room. Um, so you're able to mix, you know, up to 15 sources. You've got uh, 15 speakers. So, you know, Atmos is, is real huge in the movies. And then also Apple has taken a huge thing and done this whole <clears throat> their their Atmos mixes are called spatial when you go to iTunes. So you know, basically you come in and mix, you know, you're mixing for film. This this particular video is the only um certified Atmos mix room in Nashville for film and and uh T V and so forth. So it's like um you, as well as mixing for records too, but Apple has put a huge, huge investment in building up their spatial um, uh, category, their, that music category that you know involves multiple speakers, and and but it also involves headphones. You know, selling it's yeah. really they're they're wanting, they're wanting to sell billions of headphones to everybody. Mm. Interesting. So, so they're upping the technology. Yeah, and and um. Once you get to uh, – when you come over, um, when you guys come over, um, all, all you come in and sit in the middle and just listen to Rocket Man, which was the first Atmos mix song, <clears throat> excuse me, um, uh, the Elton John Rocket Man, which was recorded in yeah. 71, 1971. So you, you will not believe when you hear it encircled you. You know, as uh, Chris Thomason says, uh, he goes um, – you know, God designed us, you know, to listen to uh, things in 360. Um, so it's finally, finally happening. You know, during those years, there were some five, there were some 7.1, 3.1, 5.1 type setups. But this thing is like so uh, the future. Um, it's very, very exciting. And T-Bone Burnett just came over a couple of weeks ago and was working on a, a uh, doing a 5.1 um, mix uh, for a uh, – uh, for a movie that that he did the music for, so uh, there's been wow. a lot of fun. It's been really fun to see, watch all the people, even even the people that we would have no idea that they moved here from Hollywood or from California, and and uh, so Craig Ferguson was over here. Tony Brown, you know, is a big producer in town, um, who produced you know all of George Strait's hits and a bunch of Reba hits, and Tony was over here. CC Winans was over here uh, a few weeks ago. And um, and then of course you know Quaid he lives here in Nashville. Um, yeah. Dennis Quaid, so he's been over yeah. several times. Yeah. And what we do is there's a lot of uh, voice. You know, ADR is voice replacement for film. And um, yeah. you can and um, gosh, that's been huge amount of uh, people coming in and uh, part of the Elvis movie, the new Elvis movie that was up for Academy Award was actually done here. <clears throat> the voice replacement stuff was done here. Wow. Wow. Right. wow. Anyway. Well, I tell Gosh, people I... every day, you don't know who has moved into Nashville because it's a beautiful place to be, you know. And uh, I know. Yeah. I know. It's, it's a great place these to folks. be. And they're, they're very appreciative of being here, too. Well, that is so yeah, cool. Yeah, it's a gorgeous city. That's that really so cool. wonderful. We need to, Gary, we need to plan a visit. We need to go over and visit studio and we'll have you work. Yeah, we'll have you over. We need to go. 
A matter of fact, we need to go because Chris said he'd buy us lunch or something. So that really We're gonna makes buy it attractive. Lunch. There you go. There you go. Come on. <laughs> oh, gosh. So good Chris, to be with you all today. It is so much yes. fun to have you with us, and uh, and we just thank the world of you, and we thank the world of Jan, and uh, and so glad you're part of our family. And uh, we're going to get to one more song, and this is one that you wrote with Leslie Satcher. Tell us a little bit about Walk of Fame. Yeah, Walk of Fame. Just this is this is a song that uh, hasn't it hasn't been released. This isn't necessarily. This is a demo. I thought it'd be good to show a demo, what we do for demos, and uh, but it's just such a great song. And Steve Thomas gave us the idea, and um, and Leslie is just a huge, massive uh, songwriter who is uh, from Paris, Texas, and uh, she uh, her biggest hit was uh, her biggest number one. She's had a lot of cuts. Was uh, Rendezvous, George Strait, and um, yeah. she tru- tru- uh, Troubadour. Sorry, Troubadour. Um, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She's um, uh, written for everybody, and so she. Uh, I've been able to write with her the last few years, and um, and uh, this is a song called "Walk of Fame." It's all about that girl that uh, came over here from wherever and was trying to figure it in the music industry. Let's and then you go. Well, let's see what happens. And I also wanted to tell you about that. Let you know that last song that we played, um, El Paso Kid and the New York Ladies. Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. I got to give a shout out. I got to give a shout out to Wayne Kirkpatrick, who helped us write that song. Helped me write the lyrics for that song. So, but Wayne Wayne has had a massive success with a, a Broadway musical called Something Rotten, and he wrote all the lyrics for Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith. Not all of them, but about seventy five percent of them. And uh, wow! And so I had to give a shout out to him anyway. But Leslie, come on, Leslie Satcher from Paris, Texas. All right. Well, let's take a listen to Walk of Fame. And uh, Chris, thanks again for being with us. We appreciate you. Yes. Well, thank you. Blessings to you guys. And and I love you back and can't wait for you all to come over. All right. Talk to you soon. Peace. Walk of Fame. We'll be right <laughs> thank back. Thank you.
out with another song from Chris and Jan Harris. They perform as Rodeo and Juliet, which is a cute, cute name. But this one is called Every Time You Leave. And uh, be sure and join us next week. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm. 